You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes. Joining me from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood! I'm ready for tonight, Ryan. Let's dive right in to wide receiver talk. The Pillow Palace has just been thrumming because I've been going through these spreadsheets and numbers, looking at rankings and advanced like analytics and statistics. Not going to drop too much tonight uh, about those overall, but it's definitely warped my opinion of wide receivers moving to next year, especially when people are going to be a year older. And as I'm 33 now, 34 is terrifying. So <laughs> I get it. It, it, that, and that's a terrifying age for wide receivers when they get in their early 30s. We'll talk about that. So I forgot to introduce myself. I am Ryan Livergood at Roto Librarian on Twitter. This is the Fantasy Joes. We're talking about wide receiver dynasty consensus rankings. Will, do you want to talk about this? You know, how you compile these spreadsheets? We're not, we're not going to give away the data, even give away the sources necessarily. Ooh. But you took four premium dynasty slash fantasy football websites, took their rankings, compiled them. And we're going to look at those and, and react, essentially, right? Yeah, this is uh, at least $80 worth of premium rankings plus a fake Yahoo account to get a free DLF subscription uh, cost shh, overall. They're not supposed to give away any of the resources. Oh, Come they on. know. They know that Billy Redwood, <laughs> Billy Redwood 10 at Yahoo.com is definitely my alias. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I just recently uh, scooped up the subscription to PFF with their Cyber Monday deal for. Oh, come on, right. come on! You're giving away the resources. This is not good. No, I'm just giving it. Um, that's going to be part of the consensus rankings next time. So we'll have five, but the mystery fifth one, uh, you can now know. And you should probably go. Oh, that's I, like I feel like that's really good value. It's like twenty four bucks for a year. I was happy yeah. about that. And, and we and I mentioned I won't r- rant about it this week, but these are all great resources. Get your own subscriptions. Pay for the data. It's good stuff. Support people in the fantasy dynasty community. It's valuable. You'll enjoy it. You'll think it's later. Okay. Or go cheaper and spend like two bucks on the Joes. And on the Patreon episodes, not only do we talk about personal life instances, we go through player by player and give away all the rankings. We talk about everything. We recommend. I'm lying, I'm lying on that one. That we, don't, yeah. we don't do that. We, talk, we just have fun. We talk about um, a little bit of fantasy. We give recommendations for, for beer and wine purchases. We... Uh, talk about snowblowers that we bought. We have a good time. So check that out. Uh, Patreon.com. International, na- international neighbors came up. It was <laughs> insane, guys. That's wild. Uh, and, and ladies. So uh, let's, let's dive into this. Ryan, your yes. first question was, next year at this time, is Michael Thomas going to be the number one overall dynasty wide receiver? I don't think you need to subscribe to any paid service to know that he is consensus, or like majority, the number one dynasty wide receiver. And it's pretty obvious this year how he's moved up. The thing that right at this point in the season we may be missing in Dynasty is the start of the next season, Michael Thomas is going to be 27. Does, is that going to change things? Well, not just that he's going to be 27, but Drew Brees, it, what's going to be his situation? Is, is Drew Brees still around? I mean, do we feel confident we know what they're going to do at the quarterback position if Drew Brees retires? I mean, because here uh, this is narrative street, but we'll paint this narrative. The Saints go on to win the Super Bowl unless the officials screw them over again. Uh, you know, Drew Brees might retire. <laughs> he might ride off into the sunset. <laughs> right? I mean, so that happens. Wait, um, wait, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. 
Did Michael Thomas not produce without Drew Brees? I know. Teddy Bridgewater. I, I realize that. I get Sean it. Sean Payton got extended. Isn't that yeah. what's important? Pro- probably. I, I, th- I mean, I think that we've seen enough of Michael Thomas. We know he's super talented. And I think that probably doesn't matter so much. So He's been the I, best receiver for any two-gloved quarterback in the entire NFL. <laughs> so what, what do you think? You think, you, you think this isn't even a question worth discussing? You think he's going to be clearly the number one in a year? From, from no, I think, I think that we're going to have recency bias moving to next year. And let's just let's, – let's uh, I want to give this, this, this kind of like narrative that Amari Cooper – Dallas makes the playoffs. You know, they're the, they're the fourth team. They still win – uh the the nfc south right no sorry nfc the east are you talking about the east. cowboys yeah yeah, yeah yeah cowboys win the nfc east because everybody else sucks like and they're blowing it and even right. the cowboys are trying to blow it but can't so but let's say they make it and they win one or two playoff games and amari cooper has two big games he's had a great season let's yeah. not forget that like he, mark cooper has looked like when mark cooper goes full effort he could be the dynasty number one wide receiver pretty easily and he's a year and a half younger than Michael Thomas. So I think that that recency bias can move him up there, uh, along with people like thinking more about age at that point in time. I think uh, Tyreek Hill keeps, his, keeps, his, you know, keeps clean, uh, and they also go on a big playoff run. And Tyreek Hill is one the most, in my opinion, the most electric player in the NFL. And his film and watching him is just, it's just incredible. So I could see him making that leap if, he, if he's completely cleared and clean and good to go. I, I can't really see I could because Jandre Hopps is going to be a year older. Devontae Adams is going to be a year older, uh, w- along with that same age with Michael Thomas. Like I think that that that's the question. Yeah, I mean, if you look at these top guys, though, the you know the can we should we just give our top the top five consensus? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. So you got Michael Thomas, then DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans. Those are your top five. All those guys, you know, Amari Cooper is the youngest uh just turned 25 and then goes all the way up to gender hopkins who's who just turned 27 so they're all about the same age so that's not really a huge distinguishing factor with those five but but that next group um you've got some younger guys like a chris godwin for example dj moore those are guys that if they put up big numbers again could could jump up there based on their age because people will see that um juju smith schuster I know he's having a bad year now, but Big Ben comes back. He starts putting up big numbers. I think Juju, people like him enough, he would bounce back in value. So, Yeah. I also, I mean, I also think you look at guys like Cortland Sutton that could take a massive jump. Yeah, if, for sure. If Drew Locke and him have a connection the rest of the season, uh, and then all of a sudden next season, we're 13 weeks in, so we're talking this time next year. If, they, if he blows up again next year, and let's say he's uh, you know, the three or four wide receiver overall at this point in time, let's just use PPR he could move up to the number one dynasty receiver. Uh, the, the Godwin I think is one of the most interesting ones because he's one of the youngest guys in this, in this pool of, of, of people that can move up. But I still think that uh, Mike Evans has enough contract length and just, he's just a great receiver. Like I know he makes, he makes boneheaded drops and things like that, but he's a stud. So he will always have that in the background until Evans is gone. So this time next year, I can't, I can't, I can't think that Godwin is going to usurp that. I totally agree. I totally agree. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in Tampa, who their quarterback is next year, and if that impacts things, if they throw the ball as much. Um, so uh, so who's your favorite of the top five? If, you, if you're going to take – we're talking Michael Thomas, Hopkins, Cooper, Adams, Evans. Who, who do you want? Oh, I'm all into Michael Thomas, man. And I know I, it's recent surprise a little bit, but I, I think that he's shown that he's uncoverable. They don't have another wide receiver. Like, and he's still – 
just just dominating. Just he's crisp, he's clean, he's healthy. You know, he's not that he's not grabbing those like seventy yard touchdowns, but he's everything you want in consistency. Yeah, I I agree. I love Michael Thomas, and um, yeah, I mean, just what what more could you want from him? And just like a better consistent- name would be maybe something like Michael Thomas, <laughs> kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of like these guys the, the way they are ranked consensus. I know that's kind of boring, but uh, and there's probably guys below them that, that a few of them I might jump up. But if we're just talking about these five, uh, I like uh, DeAndre Hopkins next. Um, well, it's crazy that Odell Beckham is still younger than Michael Thomas. And as we move into next year and how that's all going to play out and how he's going to, you know, form as a player, there's, there's going to be, you know, change up in here. But this is the thing where I'm not I'm the only player, I guess the, you know, I guess. You know, between like, let's say like Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, I will pay up for those next uh, top guys, except for Juju. I think I'd hold off on Juju. I don't think his, he's at his floor yet. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so the, just the next five guys, you, you know, we talked about them. Then Juju, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham, uh, Keenan Allen sneaks in there. Um. Yeah, Juju's a guy that I, I really like a lot. And I, I still – maybe it's um, foolish of me, but I, I – you know, it's just been a weird year for Juju with, with losing his Big Ben. And, and um, I, I know we've seen some situations. We talked about this in the Patreon show, like in Detroit, where Detroit had some backup QBs step in. And, it, you know, Marvin Jones and, and Kenny Galladay are still putting up huge numbers. So, but, but I think Pittsburgh's different. I think Mason Rudolph has just been – been really bad you know in, in that spot and Juju's had injuries so I don't know I almost think you just throw it out this year and and remember what Juju's done in his career and but but I know I know it's there's no Le'Veon Bell there anymore or James Conner that's playing at a great level or Antonio Brown specifically so um but, uh, we haven't really ever talked about this well what, what's your take on Juju now I mean do you think he's going to bounce back in value you think he's going to slide down some more um I think he's going to slide down some more before he climbs back up. How far do you think he's going to slide down? Let's go, you know, he might, let's say he's going to be a early third round pick in Dynasty Superflex startups. So not terribly far then. That's still pretty far though from being a top, first, you know, top, first, a top he, 10 pick. Yeah, he was a first, yeah, he climbed to the first round this year. I took him to start up. <laughs> so but, that's the thing about Dynasty, you still have to, you have to, if you owe Juju, I'm not selling him. I'm, I'm just staying. I'm just staying put. Put your foot in the ground. You're not going to get any sort of value. Like you're not going to win a deal with him. I think before he hits like further down for what people are willing to pay. Like especially now, you know, yeah. in the off season, there's not there's not really a winning opportunity with him, in my opinion. Yeah, just like Corey Davis, you got to hold. It's, it's he's going to keep tanking, but eventually Corey Davis is going to rise from the, the ashes like a phoenix, like Devonte Parker has this year. It's, it's Corey Davis take a has while. finished as a wide receiver one ever in his career. I hate Corey Davis. <laughs> well, we we haven't gotten him yet. We may not. We've got a long way to go. We won't. We don't have enough time to get that, that low on the list. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. There's so much to talk about with these guys. Uh, you know, Ty- Tyreek Hill is fascinating to me. He's so talented. It seems to me that, and I guess you don't know, but we, and we've kind of talked about this on the show, and in my whole philosophy on Tyreek Hill with his situation, I, I think maybe we've talked about it too much, but the fact that 
you know, he gets labeled a little bit of a bad character guy. And I was labeling that myself with, with uh, you know, he is a bad character guy. I don't think labeling him that is incorrect. Okay. But is his, his he history is poor and you, you, you have to like, it just, it just is like, okay. Right. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, no, it's, it's, but are you, okay. Here's a question for you. Are you more concerned about the fact that Tyreek Hill has, has this history that something's going to happen to him or he's going to face a suspension versus a guy like Odell Beckham, who's kind of a hothead and, uh, you know, it, isn't it possible that Odell Beckham does something stupid? I mean, you know, there wasn't that video of him where he was in that, that, you know, hotel room with, with yeah. you know, so. But there isn't, he, he, I mean, he didn't admit to the things that Tyreek Hill had done. We don't need to go down that road of the, the terrible things Tyreek Hill have done, has done. So I, I don't think that's same, same. Okay, but do you, okay, so, but you bake the, the Tyreek Hill, his history into the value. I mean, do you, do you ever see him climbing to, you know, a top I, so three? I think, I think Tyreek Hill is a significantly higher domestic violence risk than Odell Beckham. And yeah, I do, I do bake that in there, but only, only to the point where at the end of the day, you're, you're going for, for fantasy points. And so if you're trying to win a championship and you have a good team, you'd rather have Tyreek Hill than Odell Beckham. Okay. And so you you feel the same way. A year from now, you're going to want Tyreek Hill over Odell Beckham. Uh, I think easily. I think Patrick Mahomes is just just incredible, and Tyreek Hill is also one of the most elite athletes and explosive players we've seen in a long time. Yeah. So that's the you you take the risk there for the reward. What about Keenan Allen? on this list because you know he he's a guy that that um you know still at certain weeks he puts up big numbers he he's in the top 10 um but but keenan allen just just he's probably shook is shaking off that uh injury prone label right at this point do we do we still have that perception of him i think i think it's still a little bit in there he, he's just had problems in the past but i think also people are worried about keenan allen's future He's older. That, that team might go through a quarterback change. They're most likely going through a coaching change moving into next year. So there's a there's a lot of unknown with him. You think he's a guy you want to sell at this value? Uh, I am still have loved where I've scooped up Keenan Allen, and I'm not trying to sell him. Yeah, because he's in that you know 20, 27, um, and he's really in that prime production age. So I do think he has two three years uh, of of great production left. So, so one of the things, Will, that I put on the sheet is, for me, there's this uh, frustration tier. So I think it starts with Amari Cooper and it goes through Odell Beckham. We've started saying some of these names, but there are things to be frustrated about with, with all of these guys. So I, I, I you know, put on the show sheet, like, how do you rank them? But I, I, <laughs> I guess think, I think that tier goes on so much longer <laughs> like the whole wide receiver discussion and that's why i think this is a fun episode to just kind of chat about and could be something we could do three or four hours on discussing each player how we feel about their future and what we think they can do but yeah it starts i mean like i think michael thomas jandre hopkins and i'll put Devontae adams into there just because aaron Rodgers is going to play for a while longer like you're going to get those next three years easily of production at right. least aaron Rodgers does go down but Amari Cooper's super frustrating with uh, his kind of like his like ticky tack injuries and then his contract situation and what they're doing with the Cowboys and honestly effort levels overall with Amari Cooper. If he wants to be the best Amari Cooper he can be, 
he would jump up to number one in this list, no problem to me. Like top of Mark Cooper with his age and what he can do could could easily be the top receiver here, but he's not that, we found out. So that's why I feel like the first three are safe. And then you go into that frustration tier where now you're buying into variance, right? You're trying to you're trying to buy the the player that's gonna win you enough weeks to make your dynasty playoffs and win leagues. And that's what we're trying to decide on, you know? And you know, a guy like uh like like even putting Cooper Cooper Cup into that frustration tier, you know he he's the the time that I pulled this list and we haven't I haven't updated the numbers, but this was right after right before the Rams buy and he was having a huge season, but then right after the buy he goes for no catches, so you can't have a zero floor that that can't be acceptable. That's why those other guys are in that that safer tier. Yeah, no, absolutely, but but. Yeah, Cooper Cup is interesting to me because I think early on I was feeling really good about him. And now after we've seen some down performances from Cooper Cup, it does have me questioning whether he necessarily belongs as high as he is on this list. So we have him, you know, consensus is 11, 11 essentially. So, I mean, I like Cooper Cup a lot, but. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's 26, which is good. And he, you know, so what he has three, four years of prime production, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if his situation is as good as we might've thought with, with Goff and the Rams and their bad offensive line. So I, I don't know, like the guy behind him, DJ Moore, I could go on and on about DJ Moore, you know, 22 years old. I just love DJ Moore. We're starting to see it. And this is why I've been high on him for so long. And I just think he's going to continue to climb and climb and climb. Oh, he can't, he's coming on so late in the year, his early season. Lost me so many uh, redraft fantasy league weeks. Not lost me, but just not, you know, just, just being higher in him in a dynasty value hurt me in redraft leagues until now when he's crushing it. Right. It's, it's kind of comical that he's really just coming on now. I mean, he's still, he's wide receiver nine now overall in the year, but that's really produced through the past five, you know, five weeks. Uh, and if you were losing before that, you're, you could be in trouble. Yeah, last five weeks he is your wide receiver, two. <laughs> so that that's that's just awesome. Um, uh, yeah, just DJ Moore fi- finally starting to see the end zone, and even with bad quarterback play, it, it's just uh, I just love DJ Moore. He he, he can yeah. Well and- you you got to think it's not going to get worse. To me in Carolina, you have a, a newer owner who is going to want to be part of the the cool kids crew, which is going to bring in a more creative offensive mind, which. And unless they hire Adam Gase, I'm going to be way more happy about DJ Moore's situation next year. So how high can he climb than a year from now? What's the, what's the, what, oh, what's man. your prediction? I like where he is right now. I like wide receiver 13 drafting him or sorry, wide receiver 12. Well, yeah, but, but like but a year, a year from now, a year from right now, yeah. uh, he could be the, that equivalent of like Steve Smith in his prime. So top four or five. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I I think he could even be like a top three guy. I don't think he can get to like one or two because I just feel like Do you see and, do you see him replacing Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, or Devontae Adams in those top three? Not Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins, but I think it's possible he could replace Devontae Adams. Yes. Possible. Like I'm not predicting it, but I'm just saying that I think that's his how high he can go. Even Mike Evans would be hard. He's hard like Mike Evans had a you know a slow start to the year and then has really come back. You know, you're gonna have that variance in season. But right now, week 13 next year, I have a hard time seeing DJ Moore even getting – like maybe wide receiver six now that I think about it. Well, and Tyreek Hill – like if Tyreek Hill keeps clean, I, I, can't, I can't take DJ Moore over Tyreek Hill. 
Well, but what I'm saying is he doesn't necessarily have to produce like a top three wide receiver. I'm, t- I'm talking about dynasty value. I'm sorry if that wasn't clear. So I just think no, it that, is, but it, like week 13 next year, you, let's, let's look at like production and what uh, I think these guys are going to do next year. That's where I can't see him usurping them is because I simply like those guys production is going to be higher. Well, enough know, to where it matters. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. But, but even if it is, I think, I feel like if he's a um, wide receiver one, a uh, pretty solid wide receiver one, as long as those guys aren't like leaps and bounds above him. And I don't think they will be. I, I think that's where it is. It's the age thing. People look at his age. It's like, yeah, he, he's not quite producing like Michael Thomas. However, you know, he's, he's four years younger. Thus I want to elevate him to that. top. Yeah. And the Panthers team. traded up for Joe Burrow and they have a connect. Like you could, there's a lot of narratives. You could, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being facetious here. Right, right. I'm saying there's the, the, the Carolina offense has some uh, a bunch of upside in the passing game outside of Christian McCaffrey. But but there is one of the things you do have to worry about. I mean, this is an opportunity, but also a threat is that they um, they're, they're going to hire a new coaching staff, and, and we don't know how their off that offense is going to change. Dow Loggins, head coach. <laughs> Although I will say that um, it's 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 uh it's Tepper, right? David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. Did did you watch the um gosh. I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the name of the show. It's the um, basically it's like the Amazon Prime ripoff of Hard Knocks, essentially, except it covers the whole season. Uh, it's called All or Nothing. All or Nothing. Thank you. So, did you watch All or Nothing with the Carolina Panthers last year? I watched the first couple episodes. Uh, I loved when Steve Smith was talking to DJ Moore about starting him his fantasy lineup and just pretending like he didn't know who he was. Uh, and this is DJ Moore's like rookie season, right? And he's yeah. just sitting there like, "No, nah, man, you should start me." Like that, w- that was the. And- and Steve, like, DJ Moore has to model his game after Steve Smith, right? Like, this had to be, like, size, play style, like an idol of his, in my opinion. Like, and he's just up there looking at his phone, showing it to you, being like, hey, man, should I start you <laughs> in my lineup? It's just so – I was dying laughing. It, 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 that's one of the best uh, scenes from the show, for sure. Uh, what, I, what I think, though, about De- David Tepper, if, if you don't know about him, not when they, we don't need to get into those details, but, you know, basically he's a uh, – you know, like, like all these other guys, he's a billionaire businessman. Um, he, you know, he's, he's a, a smart guy. And I, I think he's smart enough where he's, he's going to put together, you know, a, a, a good situation there in Carolina. Um, I don't know what he's going to do with his, if they're going to retain their current GM or not, oh, but I think, don't trust, I think he's going to trust billionaire owners. No, no, no. I, I and I don't necessarily, uh, but, but I just, just, I, I'm granted, this is a very small sample of what I saw him in, in this, you know, some, probably somewhat scripted reality show or nothing, you know, I'm sure they, they only painted him with a good light, but I, I don't know, based on what I saw of him, it just seemed to me that, you know, he was a type of guy, he, like, he, he didn't, he didn't come across as this guy that, like that knew everything. He seemed like he was a, um, you know, enough of a student of the game where, he would talk to other people and talk to smart people and listen to people that know football to, to put the right people in place. That was just my impression of him. So I, I just kind of feel that um, there's a chance that he could, uh, you know, put together a, uh, you know, nice, nice, nice team there uh, or a nice, nice coaching staff there in Carolina. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay. We kind of went off on, on the rails there. With Ryan, <laughs> I want to, so I want to pivot here just quickly. Let's do I want to get your opinion on Michael Gallup. So Michael Gallup down here is in this consensus that, that we put together uh, is wide receiver 30 overall. And this is, again, it was, it was a little bit ago, and, and Michael Gallup had just had some good games, and it was, it was looking really good. What do you feel about Michael Gallup's future? So he's sitting at a wide receiver three right now, kind of, but, like, 
inching up, inching up. Do you think that he has the opportunity next year to move up to like a wide receiver two? Or are you trying to sell thinking that this is his peak? I think I want to sell Michael Gallup. I liked Michael Gallup when he was coming into the NFL enough, but I don't know. Like I just, I just, you know, sometimes it just comes down to, okay, let's look at the situation is I guess we don't know that Amari Cooper is going to come back to the Cowboys, but I kind of feel that he is. And then Michael Gallup is their, their number two wide receiver. Um, I like Dak, but I don't know if that is that offense going to be proficient enough to, to really, you know, make him like the solid wide receiver too, like like that value year in and year out. I just, I don't know. I just don't necessarily feel that way. I, I mean, I, I like Michael Gallup, but I just, I don't know. I just, I just don't know what the upside is. So I think, you know, what you could get for him now is, is I just don't know how high he's going to rise, how much higher he's going to rise, you know, than, than this. But at the end of the day, well, that's what I'm trying to say. So yeah, for me, he's a guy. If if I, I don't think I have him anywhere. I would, I would try to get out of him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like just that that interesting player where I don't see the upside, but I can also see the upside if Amari Cooper moves on, and this might be a chance with an owner like let's say Ryan, like you or I have him, that you could you know you you could scoop him up for one of those players that's like uh say like a Curtis Samuel from from the the Panthers uh, or somebody who's maybe like consistently ranked just to, just a touch higher. And where, you know, it's not like you're – I don't think Michael Gallup's a guy that you're going to get that big boon from. He's not a guy that's going to jump into the top 15-ish, you know, you know, type player. But I could see him moving yeah. into that, that – you know, moving up like five or six spots. Yeah, yeah, I mean – I think he's good. I think he's good. But I I, I just don't – it's, it's ironic because I, I go through this. is like, I think he's good. But unless I drafted him in a rookie draft, I don't really want him. I don't want to pay for him. Right. Yeah. I, it I it just, puts you in a tough spot. Yeah. I, I mean, look, looking at the rankings, for example, and, and it would be interesting to see where people are valuing Jarvis Landry now, but Jarvis Landry is um, number 33. Like I, I would, if I could trade Michael Gallup for Jarvis Landry, man, I, I'd do that. Heartbeat. I would trade Michael Gallup for Mike Williams. Who's also be on him. And I'm not the biggest Mike Williams fan, but, um, uh, or, or, or like even a Curtis Samuel trade Michael Gallup for Curtis Samuel and another piece. So, there are a lot of guys ranked behind him I would rather have. I think a lot of guys behind him that have more upside. Um, so, yeah, get me out of Michael Gallup. Give me a different wide receiver that I like better. And then, you know, maybe add on a, a you know, second or third round pick to it. I'd totally do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, but there are some people, well, I think are really excited about Michael Gallup. So I do think he's a nice piece to try to shop right now if you can. Okay. Next spot I want to go to is with Debo Samuel from the Niners. Starting to flash a little bit. Uh, he, in this this ranking, so this these were pulled a couple weeks ago, so uh, Debo Samuel hasn't flashed these past couple games in these rankings, which could affect it yes. because he's a rookie, yep. and that's important uh, when those guys start to really show what they can do. So he's behind Michael Gallup. But I think, like, the, the Debo, like, the I, I like the, the litmus test to me for Debo Samuel is, like, Mike Williams, Will Fuller, uh, the guys who are just above him that have, Maybe they have a lot more draft capital behind him, but maybe less upside at this point. Yeah, so you're asking me what what do is, is if he's a buy hold or sell Debo? Yeah, what? Like, so you are on a team that isn't competing this year. Now you have no trade deadline, and uh, you know somebody wants somebody who can produce for you now. 
maybe pairing an older wide receiver, you know, let's, let's put in just like, like a Ju- Julian Edelman type of the scenario. Uh, let's pretend Golden Tate's going to be perfectly fine and produce again. Like those guys, like plus one of those other receivers to go, to go get Debo. Yeah, you know, Debo is a guy I, I, I like. I mean, I, I like Debo Samuel, the player. I, I, I think he, he's interesting. Um, but, but I, I, you know, he's not really a guy that I, I really want to acquire. I, I mean, so he's he's in San Francisco. I think that, that I just don't know what his upside is at the end of the day. Like, I, I kind of feel like San Francisco is going to try to get this, like, elite wide receiver one next year. Um, you know, George Kittle is the – you know, clear number one target in that offense. I, I don't know that I believe in Jimmy G yet, so that that factors into the equation. So Debo's a guy I like as an NFL player. I like to watch him, but I don't know he's that he's someone I really care about having on my, you know, dynasty teams. I, I mean, if I'm a, you know, for example, if I'm a contender and I've got Debo and I could pick up like a Julian Edelman and and you know maybe some other pieces in that deal, I think I'm interested in doing that. I don't feel. Like oh I'm giving up Debo it's this it's this big sacrifice so because uh, so one of the conversations I got in a dynasty league was Debo Samuel versus Curtis Samuel because I wanted Debo over Curtis in this deal and the and the guy wouldn't budge so I submitted and just took to Curtis because I still liked the deal but I was trying to get Debo so who did you have you you had um, you were trying to I, yeah her. just in this deal it was it was the discussion was between uh, Debo Samuel and Curtis Samuel. The Samuel Burrows. <laughs> um, so you like and Debo? That's, that's kind of what sparked this thought. Was was you know what what's the you know what's the opinion on Debo? Because I actually really like him. I think he's a uh, he has an opportunity to rise a lot higher to the point where he's much more valuable at least when it comes to your let, let's say like your pool of assets that you're going to try to move on from in the future. Yeah, and, and Debo, I will admit, could be one of those guys that's like this kind of solid guy for you you know that that maybe he doesn't climb to you know like a you know he's not he's not like a high wide receiver too but he could be solid and a guy you feel comfortable plugging in um i don't know but curtis samuel i mean, I mean curtis samuel is is really talented and it, it, and i think maybe he's been misused a little bit in, in carolina so i think the upside for curtis samuel is um is higher in theory Although with Curtis Samuel, I worry that he's going to be one of those guys that's like the perfect best ball guy. Like, you know, I, I've, I've said this going into the year, and I still feel the same way that, you know, if he's on your best ball team, you love him because he's going to have like those three huge weeks, but the rest of the time you're going to be disappointed. And I think that's what he's done this year. So, yeah, I mean, they're both, you know, here the same same consensus value, which I think is pretty fair. I mean, what, they're 36, 37, essentially, if I'm reading this right. So, but but I, I don't think it was ridiculous for you to to offer that deal. I, I mean, no, it's just, it's just trying to pivot from one to the other. And I got told no. Well, because Debo's a, the shiny new object, right? You know, Curtis Samuel's been in the league. It's like, eh. So I'm not surprised that the guy that owns Debo wanted to keep him because he's he's fun. I mean, he's fun to watch. He's he's made some plays this year. He he's shown some spark. So, well, and Curtis Samuel's still getting that that bat Harmon bump. So I think that maybe might be keeping him in here. Yeah, um, and, and he's had more decent games than, than I realized. Like, I'm looking at, at um, Curtis Samuel. So, um, yeah, he's had some games where he's disappointed, but yeah, he's, he's had more games where he's playable than, than I realized. So, 
uh, you know, 14, 16, 23.8, 16, 13, 16. So those are one, two, three, four, five, six, six playable fantasy weeks that you're happy you started uh, Curtis Samuel. I mean, maybe, maybe you won't get something more reliable than just six weeks, but that's not, that's not horrible. <laughs> I mean, we're 13 weeks in, so that's less than half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, 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 oof. Okay, so we, let's jump back up because we, you jumped down. I want to jump up and talk about. I want these values, man. I want these values. You want to you want to ignore the. Um, no, but we can jump back up. Which is that's why I wanted to bring those up. I was like, I want I want to get those DJ Chark deals from last year, Brian. You know that I got DJ Chark in two leagues that we're in together as a throw-in. As a throw-in, yeah. So you're looking for the next throw-in, like the next. I want the next throw-in that that could be the next DJ Chark. Let's go. Okay, this is the guy we talked about on the Patreon show. Looking down the list, what about JJ Ortega Whiteside? Um, because that the Philadelphia wide receiver situation, it's going to open up next year. Uh, you know, he he's I really liked him. Like you watched him in college, right? When he played for Stanford. Oh yeah. I, I, I just think he he's an interesting player, and I, I think there's some upside. And right now he is number, you know, fifty four. On, on this list so so far down just, I mean, just but, but, could, but couldn't he climb paris campbell let's let's grab those guys everybody yeah paris campbell's another guy that could climb the list for sure i, I mean i i really worry about ty hilton's situation because ty hilton what is he 29 30 I, I need to look up his age he'll be he's gonna be mid 30s well he'll be 30 coming in next season yeah i, I mean it, it, so if, if you look at ages where wide receivers produce you know, I, I mean, there are some guys that have huge years when they're 30, sometimes 31, but you get to 32 and, and further, th- these guys just drop off a cliff historically. So, and, um, and Hilton's being ranked that way too. He's pretty far down the list. Like he's a wide receiver three in the here, which I th- still think he has maybe another two years of wide receiver two production, maybe, and it and, and could be a decent value. But that's not the – I'm not mining for like six spot value, you know what I mean, when it comes to asset acquirement. I want the – I want the DJ Shark jump here. I said Shark, but it's Shark, but he's a Shark. <laughs> so, so you think um, between Paris Campbell and JJ, or think of Whiteside, who's who's more likely to provide that? Or yeah, you know, I, I think I think we come to that kind of value jump. I still I still think Paris Campbell is holding his value because he's been hurt, and he's looked good when he's out there. So people who have him aren't are they're not. It's not an easily. It's not an easy player to get away from somebody. I think our uh, Sega White or Ortega Whiteside is e- like easier to acquire if you're a losing team for a team that's winning. So he's going to be a guy that I'm going to go out and target for any t- any leagues that I'm in that doesn't have a, a trade deadline that a competitor needs a a Golden Tate. You know, a competitor needs. Let's just say Golden Tate's playing. Let's let's pretend that concussion isn't going to affect this week. Uh, that that's that's not going to affect it, or even like a Marvin Jones, something like that, where they're if they're going to provide production for their team for the playoffs when it doesn't matter for you, and you can wait on for next year. Their value leaps could be just just incredible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting looking at this list. Um, some of these guys are down here because because for me it's hard to identify like two. And obviously, you could have said the same thing about DJ Chark, and I'm not, I'm not even sure what DJ Chark was on this list last year. I mean, he might have been like, I mean, beyond. He's beyond know, 60, 60 easily. Yeah, he was yeah. on waiver wires. Right, right, right. So, you know, I'm just looking at this list that we have, and and I'm not sure that you know. Well, well, I, I mean, here's like, what about a Preston Williams? I I mean, you know, that situation in Miami is pretty ripe. 
he, Correct. Like, that's my that's my thing with like selling Devontae Parker is he's also exploded harder since Preston Williams has left. Yeah, that's I good think point. by quite a bit. Yeah. So if we're or like you know, and Devontae Parker is also aesthetically been pleasing while watching you know watching him play. He looks like an elite wide receiver, but he also wasn't. I, I believe he was out targeted by Preston Williams when Preston Williams was healthy. Right. So that's something to think about moving into next year. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's, it's funny because one thing when we, you know, the, as you, as you mid, admitted, we put, you put together this list, what, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I think Parker is a guy that would have climbed on the list somewhere. He, he'd be, he'd be on the radar here and, he, and he's not. So, but that's a guy that, you know, first round draft pick and obviously is talented, but just never put it together. And now is he's, he's kind of interesting. And um, that's, that's a suggestion for, Subscriptions to websites, I would really recommend find a website that doesn't that, – that's kind of like a stone when it comes to moving ranks, and then find a website that is uh, – what's the opposite of a stone moving, I guess? Like, like the wind when it comes to ranks that will flip-flop a, a ton of things around. They'll move based on you know, what's just happened and what's happening this season quite a bit. And use those two as your your kind of like basis to think about how you want to value these players moving forward. You know these these consensus rates. If you look at highs and lows for some of these guys, it's it's just crazy. Yeah, it it, it definitely is. We we people value different things for different players. And these sites value different things clearly. Yeah, it's it's and it's it's fun to look at. It's fun to pay attention to, and that's you know, it's it. it I think, I don't know. To me, that's provided the most value is like what, which aspects of a player do you want to pay attention to more? Do you want to move uh, Chris Godwin up to your wide receiver one in dynasty because of the beginning of the season and his up and down weeks. And because he is a weak winner, like uh, quite a few times this year and he's been on a, a ton of winning lineups. I wouldn't fault you for that. I'm not, I'm not quite into that, but I, I don't think that's terrible. And then when Michael Thomas climbs back and takes over that number one rank, uh, you know, it, that, that happens just in like a week or two, you know, and that, that's the kind of, the, the kind of website and rankings that maybe you want to pay attention to versus another one that regardless of their stats, the first six weeks of the season, they may move up just a couple spots. You know, they're doing it based on profile, draft capital, uh, the, the team situation, target share, things like that, that they factor in more versus just fantasy points results. Hey, I've got a name for you. What about James Washington? Starting to show a little bit of a little bit of spark produced the last couple of weeks. He was a second round draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they know how to pick him. Big Ben comes back next year. James Washington, what do you, what do you think? I, I don't really want him. Okay, no, fair enough. Like, I'm just saying, like he's not a guy that I see jumping up again next year. And he's, he's looked well. And, and I think if you own James Washington and you believe in him, you should keep him. But to my opinion is, uh, I, I, I think that whole passing game is just in such disarray. I don't want anybody right now. So if you had to pick between Washington or, De- or Deontay Johnson, who do you take? Washington. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'll just, take, I'll just take the draft capital. And, I mean, James Washington has, like, the longest arms for his body height in the world. So <laughs> – his, you know, let's let's give him some credit there. Um, I know we're jumping all over this list, but a, a guy that 
I'm liking more and more when I look at this list. Well, first of all, I, I mentioned Jarvis Landry because I think I still think Jarvis Landry is a value. And uh, even though he has been a monster lately, I still don't think he's getting the respect and love he deserves in the NFC community. So I want to put Jarvis Landry out there. But then right below him, Jarvis Landry's 33, Mike Williams 34. And I think Mike Williams is, is a guy you know I, I had no love for going into the year. Everyone was talking about, you know, oh, what did he have like? How many touchdowns did he have last year? A ton of touchdowns. Everyone's like, oh, he was 10. You know, he's going to pick up, he's going to get more targets and he had 10 touchdowns. With more targets, he's going to have like 20 touchdowns this year. It's going to be crazy. And, and that hasn't happened with Mike Williams. 40 touchdowns. But has he had that many this year? I don't think he's even had that many. Has he? he was more. No, I think he's at, at like zero touchdowns this year. But we'll, we'll look at that in a second. Um, but anyway, Mike Williams is a guy that hasn't really produced, but if you watched him, I mean, that's what Philip Rivers does now. It's like, I know Mike Williams can jump up and get the ball. I mean, contested catches, <laughs> Mike Williams is your guy. And I think there's a ch- I think his value is going to you know go down a little bit because of where he's going to finish. Right now he's wide receiver 42, and he's in the clubhouse with zero touchdowns. So I, I like Mike Williams um, as, a, as a guy to buy kind of low. Um, yeah, right. I think, he, I think he has the upside of peak Alshon Jeffrey production. Yeah. You know, a guy who's in a separator – He's not like the most fluid route runner in the league, but they're just, they're good wide receivers who have a big catch radius and just can out athletic people. And that matters. Let's remember this next year. Okay. I love this. This is the best stat. I would, 20- so, no, right. I do want to, I would want to harp on one quick thing. I, there was playoff team, non-playoff team made this trade and this irked me so hard. Non-playoff team traded Tyrell Williams to playoff team, Mike Williams. That was the swap. Those are the two players. And I was like, what is happening? Tyree Williams has sucked the past few weeks. Yeah, what are you doing? And I assume there's a conversation in the background where somebody convinced somebody of something, but I wanted to like pull my hair out, especially because in that team, I wasn't making the playoffs and have much better receiving options. And again, it's one of those times where you missed out because you weren't involved in right. making those trade offers. Right. And, and I – I'm still – I think about that. Like, I think about that versus missing the playoffs in, like, League of Ballers round by two points. I'm more irked by not trying to make that trade for Mike Williams than I am by missing the playoffs. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, I got to share the stat with you because this was the narrative, right? Okay, last year he had 66 targets, 10 touchdowns. He's going to get more targets in 2019, so the touches are going to go up or at least be the same, right? Well, well, in 11 games he's already had more targets than last year. He's had 69 targets 11 games but zero touchdowns. So it just goes to show you a stat like touchdowns. It, you, you know, it's not necessarily you do the math and he gets more targets and touchdowns are going to go up. It's um, like the most Chargers stat ever. It is, isn't the it? Chargers, That's the, crazy. Just, oh my goodness! I, as a, so as a Vikings fan, like and, and Iowa Hawkeye fan, we've lived some real big heartbreaks in life. But I don't know if any teams lived through more disappointing futures and current seasons than the Chargers fans. I just just depressing. Oh, it's crazy. It, it's so. I mean, I hate to say entertaining because I, I hate to say that because I, I, I don't like to take any pleasure in the misery of a fan base, but it's, it just kind of is entertaining to see how they're going to blow a game, you know? I mean, that, that game, with, you know, with against Denver with uh, – Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pass interference. Oh, man, that was – Well, was it's wild. like, yeah, Denver only scored in the first quarter, basically, and the Chargers still couldn't come back. But the, the thing with the Chargers is so Nate Kading, one of Iowa Hawkeyes, great kickers ever – with the Chargers, great non-pressure situation kicker, just crushing it. When it came to game-winning field goals, I think I, I watched him miss at least four or five. 
And I, I feel like that was just the start to their kicker issues. They just watched kicker after kicker miss 45, you know, 42-yard field goals for wins year after year after year. And it, it's just been their, their MO, and it just is sad. Yeah, it is sad. Uh, okay, let, let, let's kind of get to a point where we can have closure on the wide receiver, which we know position, which we never really can. I mean, I, I love talking wide receivers. I think you do too. And they're just somebody to talk about. And um, it, it's, it's pretty wild though. Once you get outside of the, you know, kind of the first couple of tiers, how guys kind of blend in together and how we can write these stories and narratives for some of these other guys. It, it's just, Oh man, it's crazy. So, but, but what are any, you know, final things you want to share? Will any, any, you know, final takeaways, any, any thoughts you want to share? You can get a chance. Yeah, no, no, no trade thoughts for right now for, for this ending part, but watch how the end of the year goes for Tyler Lockett. If he really blows up at the end of the season, kind of moving forward, I think he could be a great value sell at the end of the season. Uh, it would be very fun to watch Cortland Sutton and how they move up because uh, he's going he's gonna to skyrocket in these rankings. Uh, you know, we might have missed out on a little bit of buy window for Shark uh, after the, the whole quarterback controversy. But here's the thing that I've learned – this coming into this season with wide receivers is we're, we're, we're it, it might sound bad, but we're, we're kind of as a whole dynasty community. There's always going to be a few guys that pop out that you didn't expect. So Tyler Broyd's first two years, he again was on waiver wires uh, guys who had decent profiles, decent athletics. I mean, Tyler Broyd had decent less than much of an athlete, but like these kind of guys, are the ones that you want to stash at the end of benches or get in throw-ins for trades, the Tyler Boyds, the GA Sharks, the guys that, that, that just, I don't know, they, they just have a chance. And if they, if they mess up, they're droppable. But we, we live in kind of a dynasty community that's pivoting towards only stashing backup running backs all the time. And I don't think that's a horrible strategy uh, overall. I think it's a great one because they can produce more fantasy points season, like each season to next season. Don't, don't forget to, to keep a couple wide receivers in the bank. I have profited from having TJ Chark this year as a throw-in deal and even made a joke around in one of our group chats saying like he was the key piece of a deal. And honestly, he might have been the most valuable piece of that deal at this point in time. Who knows? Uh, and, and that's the – you know, you, you have to be able to look at, look at either profile coming from college and draft capital and say, hey, this person is at least worth having on the team coming in next year because they could boom. And I think we miss that a lot now uh, because we've, we've gotten to the – like Damian Williams kind of spoiled us last year with the way running backs can win you a fantasy championship. Well, wide receivers can, can win you future fantasy championships with their asset value increasing. I think that's a good point. And I, and I think the important thing is to – yeah, do, do set aside some, some flyer wide receivers if you want to call them flyer fly wide receivers. But – you know, be careful, pick your spots. And I think what do Tyler Boyd and DJ Chark have in common? It's, it's the, it's draft capital. I mean, they were both picked in the second round and go white side. And, and, and I know that not all second round picks are going to hit for sure, but a lot of them do. Um, uh, Cortland Sutton was a second round pick as well. I mean, I mean, obviously he was a little bit higher profile, well, but how many a, people gave up on him after his rookie year? Yeah. You could have acquired him cheaper than you can now for sure. So, so much cheaper. Right. You know, we didn't talk about Anthony Miller, who's starting to flash a little bit in Chicago. So, you know, it's... Oh, I, I hate him right now, though. I, <laughs> I acquired him too much in the offseason. Well, hey, it might, might pay off for you. But, 
I, I think that's a that's a good point, especially a guy like like DJ Chark. Like people just they wrote him off, you know, almost immediately, and um, it, especially a guy so cheap, you know, a, a guy that went in the second round, and he, you you as you said, you could have picked him off on waiver wires in some dynasty leagues. So a guy like that that has that second round pedigree that is almost almost free, why not? You might as well roster him versus. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some backup running back. That people uh, Dexter Williams for <laughs> the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. All right. That's a good point. I think we should end it there. So on, on We're the Fancy Joes, on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Get yourself some chair at Sega Whiteside, and now it's doomed his career. Get yourself some Duke. I still, I still like. Give me more Duke. You can have them. You can pick them up off of waivers. This is my DJ Shark next year. <laughs>